minutes I want to talk to you, but I trust that you'll open your heart and let me just say some things that are so, so essential. Turn with me to your Bibles to Proverbs 11 and verse 30, Proverbs 11 and verse 30, and also the book of Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Proverbs 11, verse 30, and then Acts chapter 5, verse 42. I said Sunday night that I'd talk to you tonight on the subject, what every Christian believes, but few practice. What every Christian believes, but few practice. I fear that there are a lot of things perhaps that we believe that we do not really put into shoe leather. But yet the, the reality of success can only come when our faith is coupled with works. And James is very careful to talk to us about that. And he even said very emphatically that faith without works is dead. A genuine faith produces something in our lives. And so I want us to think tonight along these lines. Proverbs 11 verse 30 reads like this and says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. And then if you will turn to Acts chapter 4 and verse 42. And the word reads like this. And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Now I think the emphasis here is on the fact of the individual. Too often our thinking of Christianity is on a corporate level. That is the church as a collective body. And we often, are, often hear people ask the question, what is our church doing? And that's, a, I mean, that's a legitimate question. What is our church doing? But the more pertinent and important question is this. Not what is our church doing, but what am I doing as a member of that church? Not what is Christianity doing, but what am I as a Christian in that group known as Christians, what am I really doing? So I think what the Bible would emphasize to us in, on, on, in numerous, numerous passages is the value of personal witnessing. The value, the importance of personal work. You, you'll recognize when you read the scripture that our Lord Jesus, primarily his ministry was on a personal level. Uh, you'll read throughout the New Testament and find those times indeed when he spoke to the multitudes. But over and again, you'll hear him on a personal, person-to-person -person basis sharing the gospel, the message of the Lord with individuals. Uh, he handpicked his own disciples, you remember. Uh, he did not uh, go out and just say, okay, this whole group come in. They were handpicked. That was a personal thing the Lord Jesus did. Again, you'll remember the encounter of, with Nicodemus in the third chapter of John. That was a matter that we'd call today personal work. It was a one-on-one -on -one basis, a one-on-one -on -one encounter as Jesus and one man talked to each other. Again, the woman at the well uh, in John's gospel chapter, chapter 4. Uh, that woman of Samaria, and yet that was a person-to-person -person encounter. 
And as a result of that personal witness of our Lord, that woman became not only a follower of the Savior, but she became one of the first missionaries and went back and brought her old compatriots to know the Lord Jesus. It was on a person-to-person basis that Jesus talked to Zacchaeus. He, and they had a personal encounter. Uh, Jesus went down to Nicodemus' home and talked to him person-to-person. Again, you remember Nathaniel in the, in the New Testament and many of the others. It was a personal, uh, a, a, a personal thing. When Jesus called Levi, better known to us as Matthew, it was a personal encounter. And so I think one of the tricks of Satan to the church today and to those of us who are Christians is we think so much in the terms of the corporate body of the church instead of thinking and realizing that the Lord wants to use us personally and individually. Uh, one of the greatest works of all the ages is this business of personal witnessing, of personal soul winning. That's the greatest work of all ages. Uh, you talk about a lucrative business. Uh, the dividends uh, for those who are uh, winning men to Christ are eternal. Uh, they are not temporary. And the Bible indeed in the book of Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 tells us that those who turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. Some of the greatest works on the world that, that any of us could ever be involved in is in the business of personal evangelism talking to our friends, our neighbors, our acquaintances on a personal level, pointedly about their relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. And thus, when we do that, uh, this thing of witnessing has a way of spreading. Uh, in the early church, it was so. The Bible said, the Lord added to the church daily, such as those who were being saved. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, as the disciples went everywhere proclaiming the message, uh, they, the, the, the church multiplied. The body of believers multiplied and grew. And that wasn't simply because a man named Simon Peter stood up and preached to everybody. Not at all. I believe you'll find, and I think most anyone who knows the Bible agree with me on this, that the secret of winning men to Christ is not mass evangelism where you have people 50, 60, 100,000 gathered in a stadium, but a one-on-one basis. One-on-one basis. Winning them to the Lord Jesus Christ. So winning indeed then is the lifeline of our church. It's the lifeline of any church. Uh, if we fail to do that, we will perish. That's what the scripture says. You remember in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, these words, without a vision, the people perish. The people perish. Not only those who are out there that we do not because we've had a vision of the need around us and the need of folks to be saved, not only will they perish, but the church will perish. For soul winning, personal soul winning is literally the lifeline of the church. Uh, personal work can be done where preaching indeed cannot be. Uh, there are a lot of places I can't preach. For example, I used to preach a lot of times in high schools, public high schools. Uh, I'm not permitted to do that anymore. I've seen literally hundreds of young people come to Christ, just preach at the auditoriums of high school chapels, and, uh, and yet those days are not with us now. But yet it does not keep the person from witnessing. 
that young person on the campus, that teenager out there, that junior boy or girl can witness to his friends and bring them to the Lord Jesus. So where the door of preaching may be closed, the matter of personal witnessing is not, you see. And so uh, it's a matter of, of extending that lifeline of the church. Uh, actually, soul winning, personal witnessing is in a, in a sense a reproducing of ourselves as a Christian. Now the Lord set that matter of reproduction in order. And the Lord would have us to re- reproduce ourselves. And the question to me is this, I often ask myself, what am I producing? What am I reproducing? If I should die today, what, who could I say I've left behind with the same faith, the same joy, the same knowledge of Jesus Christ, the same hope of heaven? Who could I know that I've left behind, that I've reproduced someone in a spiritual sense because I brought the gospel to them on a personal level? Now, I know this is a very disturbing thing, but I think we ought to ask ourselves to take some inventory. Look back over our lives. Is there anyone that we could say we know personally? We've had the joy of leading to that moment of faith in Jesus Christ. I know not one person alone does it. But you see, it's the witness of others. But yet I believe God will give every one of us the joy and the privilege and the happiness of, of, of kneeling beside someone and hearing them pray the sinner's prayer, showing them how they can invite Jesus Christ in their heart. And there's no greater joy in all the world than that. Without the reproduction of other Christians, our gospel would die in one generation. Can you imagine that? Oftentimes since uh, you permitted me to go to Wales, oftentimes at night I lie down and I can see vividly in my mind the many closed doors of churches in Wales. Boarded up, those that are not boarded up, sold for warehouses, clubs, garage, apartment complexes. Once they were churches where the gospel was thriving and hundreds. And in the great Wales revival, 1904, 1905, you've heard me tell this before, over 130,000 people came to Jesus Christ. 130,000 people. And yet today, less than 2% of the people in that country even attend church. And you know why? You know what happened there? They left it to the corporate church. People forgot the matter of personal evangelism. If you please, buttonholing people about their relationship to Jesus Christ. All that we'd realize that this thing of reproducing ourselves as believers, as children of God, that's our responsibility. The Lord indeed has given that responsibility to us. You have not chosen me, Jesus said, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Now, why should we do personal work? Often, sometimes somebody asks me that. Why should I do personal work? We have the preacher, we have the Sunday school teachers, got the radio preachers, got the television preachers. Why should we? Well, in the first place, I think if our own experience of salvation is real to us, we'll want to share it with somebody else. I want you to go back for a few years, those of you who are saved, You remember just after you trusted Christ, how you wanted somebody else to know about Christ. I mean, it is there. 
Nobody had to cram it down you. Nobody had to kind of bribe you or offer you a reward or anything else. It was just there. You want to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus. And so if our experience of salvation is real, as we say it is, I believe that indeed we ought to yield to that desire to share Jesus Christ with others. And then not only that, but I I believe we should want to tell others of Christ and do it on a personal level. If we really believe lost loved ones and friends would go to hell without knowing Christ, do we really honestly believe that? Do you really believe if your grandchildren did not trust Christ if they died, knowing that they needed Christ, refusing, do you really believe they'd go to hell? The Bible teaches so. Do you believe your husband, your wife, your children, your best friend, your sweetheart, your companion, do you believe that they'd go to hell if they're without Jesus Christ? If we believe the Bible, that's exactly what the Bible says. And your friend said to the late Dr. Bill Rice, he said, Dr. Rice, If I really believe what you Christians say you believe, that a man will go to hell, to a literal burning hell and be there for all eternity. If I really believe that, I would crawl on my hands and knees to every house in this town and tell them how they could go to heaven, how they could be saved. And oh, what a a crushing indictment that is to all of us who who claim to believe the Bible and we believe that only through Christ men can go to heaven and that men without Christ will go to hell. If we really believe that, I think that's another reason. Indeed, we ought to engage in personal evangelism. Not only that, but it brings happiness and joy to heaven when one sinner comes to Christ. Joy in the presence of the angels when one sinner comes to Jesus Christ. Not all that, but we should engage in personal evangelism and soul winning, witnessing, because Jesus commanded us to. Now, none of us would, uh, st- I mean, we, uh, I, I imagine we would bow our heads in shame if we had to come here and say, well, I, I broke one of the commandments that said, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. But say, the command Jesus gave us was, All power is given unto me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Preaching, as as Mark recorded, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, we can't get away from that. I mean, that's our Lord's command. So the fact is, our lives are either obedient in that, that area or it is not. And I believe further and finally, God will hold us responsible for those that we know who die without Christ. The old question of Cain, am I my brother's keeper? Indeed we are. We are responsible for those whom we know. Those that we are acquainted with. God's given us a personal responsibility. And so we have a responsibility toward the unsaved, whether we shoulder it or not. The question is, are we responsible Christians? Are we really shouldering our responsibility? You know, we may not be able to bring every soul we witness to to Christ, but we can bring the gospel of Christ to every soul. And the Lord didn't say you'd win them all, but the reason most of us win none, sad, is that we never try. We never really zero in on the main business of leading a person to Jesus Christ. God help us to do it. 
There are many advantages to personal evangelism. For example, all of us can do it. There is not one person who's saved in this audience who could not be a soul winner. Not one. If you're saved. I remember the story of a boy, of a fella who was both deaf and dumb with the name of Dummy Walker. They called him Dummy Walker. Dummy Walker came to a rescue mission one night. And through sign language, Dummy Walker was led to Christ. He was overjoyed with this salvation as his. And he went away. And within a week's time, Dummy Walker had brought 32 of his friends to that mission. And they had trusted Christ. Somebody said to him, Dummy, how'd you do it? He simply in motion and sign language told them that he had come to his friends and they'd say, why are you so happy? And Dummy would point toward heaven and tell them in that sign language that Jesus, the Son of God, came down to this world and died on the cross for me, a sinner. I invited him into my heart and he has forgiven my sin and saved me and given me this joy. Now listen, if a fellow both deaf and dumb could lead 32 of his friends to Christ, what kind of excuse can we give for not leading one soul to Christ in the course of 12 months. God help us. All of us can do it. Even little children can. I remember, and honey, I hope you won't mind me telling this. When we lived in Memphis, uh, one afternoon Melody came in. I came in from the church office and she was, I saw her sitting on the curb up the street with one of her little friends. I don't remember how old she was. Do you, mama? I fourth grade. And I looked up there and Melody was just talking to this little girl. And after a while, Melody brought this little child, little buddy of hers in, little friend. And uh, she said, Daddy? And I said, yes. She said, uh, my little friend trusted Jesus. And I looked down at this little girl and I said, did you trust Jesus? Huh? She said, I did. I'm saved. And you see, even little children can win their friends Christ. I thrilled at Paul's testimony about the young folks in the junior class witnessing to their friends. And yet here you and I are adults, grown folks, and most of us have not really been engaged in the business of personally telling people of Jesus Christ. So all can do it. And not only that, but the advantage of personal soul winning and witnessing is it can be done anywhere. It can be done anytime. Uh, I mean, you can witness a person in the hospital. You can witness to them in their home in their automobile, in the elevator, going up to the, uh, up the, uh, up the stairs, up the first or second floor, whatever, wherever. There is a, there's a way you can witness anywhere, anytime. Uh, it reaches all classes. I mean, every age group. Uh, an advantage is it hits the mark and meets the need of the individual. I don't know of anything that'll meet the basic need of man like the gospel of Jesus Christ. It avails when all other methods fail. It avails. Time and again, I've seen it happen. I received a letter the other day from a preacher uh, up in Tennessee. I was in a meeting down in Monroe, North Carolina a few years ago, and this fellow came to the meeting. I had the joy of leading him to Christ. And the way I got talked to him, he was a coon hunter. And I told him how I enjoyed coon hunting. And I had a conversation with him and, I, and, and, and that led to the presentation of the gospel. And this fellow got saved. He went home, brought his wife. She got saved. 
They went home that night, brought next night their mother and father whom they had led to the Lord. And the next night, the four of them, this man, his wife, his mother and father, had led a couple of uncles, two or three aunts to Christ, and they came. I received the letter from this fellow, and he's just writing to say, thank you for sharing the gospel with me. I am now pastoring a church here in this, uh, I think, uh, is there a bean station, Tennessee? Seemed like that's where it was. But it, yeah, there's a bean station, isn't there? Where's that guy from Hee Haw from? Isn't that where he's from? Anyway, this guy was uh, pastoring there. And I thought, now, you know, uh, what, what glorious fruit can come from just personally telling somebody about Jesus? Now, if you know enough and knew enough to get saved yourself, you know enough to lead somebody else to Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You do not have to have gone to Bible school. If you know how to be saved, you know how to tell somebody else to come to Christ. Personal soul winning. What all of us believe, but how many of us really practice it? I don't know of a Christian, I don't know of a born again person in our church that say, preacher, I don't believe we ought to witness. I don't believe there's one person here tonight that says, I don't believe we ought to. No. I believe everyone say we say, I believe it. We ought to do it. But the question is, are we doing it? God help us. Beginning tonight, tomorrow, let's make it our business to share Jesus Christ with someone else. And as you do it, the more you do it, the more you grow in it, the more confident you are in it, the less timid you become in it, God will help you. And he said, if you'll go, I'll go with you. And you can count on his presence. Thank you so much. Let's stand together for prayer.